What's the deal? What's the deal? It's your boy Gabe, and we back with Weapons of War. How everybody doing? As always, you could have been anywhere, but you're here with me, so I welcome you, welcome you. Gonna jump right into it. And in recent news, we lost the legend. We lost the great Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other great people lost their lives last week in a tragic helicopter crash. And we sent our condolences to their family. And when things like this happen, it really makes you take a look at your life. It makes you reevaluate some things, or at least I believe it should. Because one of the things that really hit home was not the fact that they died because people die every day, but it's how they died. Waking up and doing something that you do normally, probably every day, but today, in this particular moment, something different happens and has a greatly different outcome. But the for the topic of the show today, what I want to touch on is life, death, and legacy. Life, death, and legacy. And if you didn't know, I'm about male development in the form of manhood, in the aspect of manhood, rather. And I'm not quite sure what Kobe Bryant's spiritual belief was, but I want to pull some things from his life just to show things that I believe we should all take hold in our manhood. For one, as a basketball player, when he played, whether you believe he was or wasn't, in his mind, he was the best at what he was doing. He put everything he had into his craft. It's like he realized that, hey, at this moment in my life, God blessed me with the skill to play basketball. He blessed me with this drive. He blessed me with the discipline. So with that, I'm going to pour everything into my craft, and I'm not going to allow anything to deter me from reaching the pinnacle of my particular path. He thought he was better than Jordan. He thought he was better than Shaq. He thought he was better than everyone. And he was relentless in what he did. And as a man, we have to be that way. That is something that we have to take into our own lives. Whatever it is that we feel that God has placed us on this earth to do, we can't allow anything to stop us from reaching those goals. We can't... <laughs> Let situations, we can't let our past, we can't let what people say, we can't let anything like that stop us from achieving whatever height it is we're shooting for. Because when people say the sky's the limit, that's the truth. We could go as high as we choose to because success takes discipline. True, you have to have a skill of some sort, but Something that Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas says that I, I really, really like. It says something to the, oh, it's, it's slipping my mind now that I'm trying to say it. But it's something like average skill 
but phenomenal will. Which means that, okay, I might not be better than you. I might not have the tools that you have. You may have an advantage over me in certain aspects of the, whatever it is we're doing. But the one thing you will not defeat me in is drive. The one thing you will not defeat me in is discipline. You will not work harder than me. And I'm not saying that Kobe Bryant didn't have skill because he did. But whether he did or didn't, you could not deny the fact that he put forth phenomenal will. You would hear stories about how early he was to the basketball court, court how late he stayed, all the time that he put into developing his craft. And at the end of his career, you can see the fruit of all his labor. You can see the fruit of his work because no, at no point did you ever think that he robbed you of something after watching him play. And as men, that is how we have to live our lives. At no point in nothing that we put our mind to and nothing that we put our hands to should we leave it open for someone to look at us and say they didn't give their all or he have done it or he wasn't really trying to do his best. At no point in any area of your life, whether it be parenting, whether it be being a husband, a leader in your community, on your job or whatever it is, everyone who sees you if they're asked, they should be able to have the same report that he left it all on the court. And for that example, I don't mean on the literal basketball court because most of us are not basketball players. But whatever court, whatever arena it is that you are in, no one should look at you and say that you quit or you gave up. Is that to say that you're going to win or come out on top of every situation? No, there comes a point in your life where you you make a misstep, where you don't make it as far as you thought you should or as far as you want it to go. But within yourself, as long as you can say that you truly gave it your best and you left it all out there, then you have nothing to be ashamed of because failure is only failure when you quit. I'm going to say that again. Failure is only failure when you quit. If you don't reach the height that you think you should have or you think you wanted to or you set your mind to, but you gave your all, that's not failure. That's just motivation for you to put back into your craft so that the next time you can reach that height. Because it's either failure or feedback. Again, it's failure if you quit. It's feedback if you gave your all and you just didn't make it as far as you anticipated going. Because you could assess what you did. You could assess what you didn't do. You could take that to God and pray and ask him to show you their gaps. Show you where you misstep. Show you what you should have done. Show you what you should not do anymore. And then you take that the next time. And then I guarantee you that'll make you go further. As a parent, you have to look at the missteps you may have had with your kids. And I'm not saying that your kids are grown and old and out the house and they're not living the life that you had planned for them. What I'm saying is, no, while they're four, while they're five, while they're eight, 11, while they're in that age, you think about those things that you could have done better. You think about the time that you should have spent here or should have spent there. You think about that positive reinforcement that you should have given and you assess it and say, okay, 
what am I not doing? What am I doing too much of? What am I doing that's ineffective? And you assess your child and you pray and you ask God to show you your children, show you their personalities, show you how you react toward their personalities. And then you take that and you apply it to them to be a better father. You assess your wife. You see the things she likes, the things she dislikes, her personalities, her temperaments, her love languages. And you see how you responded to those things thus far. You take it to God. You tell him, ask him to show you your gaps. And then you take it back. So at the end of the day, your wife, though she'll know that you're not perfect, her outlook of you will be like, man, my husband did everything he could to provide for me, to love me, to care for me, to uplift me. And again, she'll know you're not perfect, but she could see in your actions and your demeanor that you did not leave anything that was capable of you to be to be done of you. You didn't leave it anywhere else. You brought your A game all the time. Even on your natural job, whether, let me, that's my rewind sound. A lot of us aren't in what we feel is our purpose. We have a job because, you know, you have to supply for your family. You have to supply for yourself. And it might not be your career or whatever it is you think you should be doing. And a lot of people take that for granted and say, well, this isn't what I want to do. So I'm just going to, you know, play it cool, chill, you know, not really give my all. People complain about it and whatnot. And I want to say right now that me and you need to stop it. If you have a job, if you're in a vocation that you feel is not the one you're supposed to be in, one, don't knock it because it is supplying funds for you. It is paying your bills. It is helping you take care of your family. It is helping you take care of yourself. And two, go to God and figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing so you could take strides into getting off your job and getting into whatever it is your God-given purpose is because your life should be lived complete. You should give it all. Again, when people, even though this is the job that you don't feel you're supposed to be in, if someone asks your coworkers, if somebody asks your supervisors, what type of employee are you? Everyone's answer should be the same that they're the greatest employee. I know that he gives his all. He pours everything. He doesn't leave anything to be asked of him because he goes above and beyond. And in the life of Kobe, he coined the phrase, well, let's rewind. He named himself the Black Mamba. And from that coined the phrase, Mamba mentality. So in every man, there should be some Mamba mentality. There should be something in him that drives him to a point to where not necessarily saying I'm better than you, but I'm better than I was yesterday. I'm better than I was a few minutes ago that I'm striving to put everything God has placed in me to pour myself out because what you are supposed to do is live full, but die empty, which means you're constantly filling yourself up with knowledge. You're constantly going to God. He's constantly pouring wisdom in you and you're constantly in turn pouring it out, going back, being refilled, pouring it out. As the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. So there is something that God is downloading into you every day. Well, rather, there's something that you should go to God 
that he can allow. Ugh, I'm getting tongue twisted. There is something that every man should go to God to for daily that he is to pour into him that you ought to take to your job, take back home, take wherever it is you go and pour out. Every man should wake up and one of the first things he should do is get on his knees and pray and ask God to give him his daily bread. Pour into his spirit, man. Give him a discernment of what is to come. Give him a peek of what is to come. Pour into him a a sensitivity so when he goes to work, he'll be sensitive to the needs of his co-workers, sensitive to the needs of the people who patronize whatever it is he does, sensitive to the needs of his wife, sensitive to the needs of his children if he has them. So therefore, he could be an impact to everyone around him. Because whether we realize it or not, you are impacting the people around you in one way or another. Well, you could have a, let me say this, you could have a positive impact, you could have a negative impact, or you could have no impact. And if you haven't figured it out, having a negative impact or no impact are both bad things. Because this means to te- this tells you that you are either leading people down the wrong path or your presence has zero impact on your surroundings. Which means either you don't know your purpose or you're purposely choosing not to latch on to that purpose and pour into others. And when you're not doing that, Miles Monroe said, when purpose isn't known, abuse is inevitable. So that means you're abusing your purpose. And when you're abusing your purpose, people who look up to you, because we're all role models to somebody, you know, miss me with the notion of people saying, I'm not a role model. I'm not nobody's role model. Everybody is a role model to somebody. So men, I want you to look at that. And take that to heart and ask God to show you those people who are looking up to you so you could pour into them. But until he shows you those people, realize that whether you know it or not, there are other men who are looking up to you. So whether or not you know who they are, your life should be lived in a manner to which whether you know who's watching you or not, I know within myself that if someone is patterning their life after mine, then basically they're following me as I follow Christ. Or they're following me and I am living a life that I know is beneficial and impactful in a good way to anybody who is, you know, looking at it or following. So, again, looking at that life of Kobe. When he left the basketball arena and (laughs) most, uh, let me say, can I say most? I'm going to say that most athletes, when they transition from whatever their respective sport is into the afterlife of that particular sport, so to speak, a lot of them's career doesn't continue to go up. They don't really master that second part of life. In comparison to Kobe Bryant, we'll take Jordan. Jordan is considered the best by most people. 
when he left basketball, he didn't really master the second part of his life like he did the first part, which was being an NBA player. Granted, he's a billionaire now because of his shoes and, you know, the Jordan brand. But that was really something that was established while he was a basketball player. But the new thing post-basketball, which is uh, being a GM owner, not that great. You know, is he putting his all into it? Who knows? Because you just assume that him being Michael Jordan will bring people in to want to play under Michael Jordan. But on the flip side, going back to Kobe, he took hold of the second part of his life with the same discipline, with the same fervor that he did as a basketball player. He wanted to tell stories. So he took that and poured all of himself into that. Winning an Oscar. You go from winning NBA titles, from winning MVPs, to winning Oscars for short films because of you just poured your all into storytelling. Then being a father, coaching your daughter up into what it is you were doing. It was seeming like he was going to have just as much, much success in his second career as he did in his first. And why is that? Again, because of his coined phrase, the Mamba mentality. He poured every part of him into what he feels he should be doing. And as men, we have to do that. When we leave from one arena and go into the next arena, we have to pour everything we have into it. We cannot do anything lackadaisically. We cannot begin something and stop it. We can't doubt ourselves. We can't look at our situations. We can't look at the fact of saying where another person is versus where we are, what someone else had versus what we have. If we choose to put our foot in whatever arena, we have to go into that place knowing that I'm going to put everything that is in me and I'm not going to leave anything in me. I'm going to pour myself completely into this because I know it's something that God has told me to do. Now, if you're just going out there just doing stuff all willy-nilly with no rhyme or reason, then things might not happen the way you want it to, even if you pour yourself out, because you have to be in the right arena. Just because you try something hard, if it's something that you should not be doing in the first place, we have to be realistic. Don't just jump in anything without using wisdom. Wisdom is the key. Above all things, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Because when you move outside of wisdom, you start doing things that makes no sense. And then you turn around looking at yourself and asking God, Oh God, what's going on? Why is this not working? Well, maybe because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you need to take that fervor and ask God, Hey, what is it that you put me here for? Where should I place myself? And then you get in the right lane and then you'll see that things start working for you because you're putting your all into something. Or you could look at it like this. Maybe you do put your all into something that you're not necessarily supposed to be doing and you begin to bear fruit from it. But you, in the midst of you still succeed, in the midst of you succeeding, you're not feeling fulfilled because you're doing something that is not a part of your calling. 
So I want to say that to say success isn't always the barometer for doing good because you could be doing wrong, doing right in the wrong arena. And just the example from the left, take drug dealers, cartel dealers, cartel leaders and whatnot. They may be doing very well when you're just looking at it from a success rate. They may have all the money. They may have all the material things. But if you didn't know, being part of a cartel and selling drugs is not a good thing to do. So what you should do is take that knowledge and pour it into where you're supposed to be pouring into stuff, you know. And looking at Kobe, he was doing that. He left one thing that was strategic, that he planned and prepared for, which is a good thing. We have to be prepared. Don't just go off on your talent and say, I can do this and just jump in. Granted, there are things that we should do by faith, but you have to be prepared. You should always count the cost. You should always see what is going to be required of you when you step into any arena, because if you step in unprepared, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. Success is highly unlikely if you are not prepared because you haven't looked at the pitfalls. You haven't looked at the market. You haven't looked at the climate of whatever it is that you're stepping into. You're just betting on yourself 100 percent and just actually working in pride and being a bit cocky and just doing something that you weren't prepared for. And while you may jump into something and it may begin to show a few dividends, success like that is not sustainable because you're going to get caught off guard by something that you really weren't prepared to face because you just jumped into something without wisdom. And looking at the life of Kobe Bryant and juxtaposing that to manhood, you notice that he was prepared for most everything. And even in being prepared, there are going to be some things that may catch you off guard. But if you are prepared for the most part overall, it's much easier to come out on top of the things that appear to be off guard. And when we started the show, I said it was life, death and legacy is what we're speaking about. And now that we're into the third arena of his life, which is death. Death and legacy pretty much go hand in hand because you can be living and have a legacy per se in a certain arena, at least I believe. For instance, sticking with Kobe, though when he was living, he was a retired NBA player, so he left the NBA legacy because I believe that your legacy is created once you leave an arena whether dead or retired, if you leave a certain arena, your legacy is left there. And if you're still alive, that means you're still creating, you're still adding on to that legacy. But once you close a chapter of your life, you have still created a legacy in that certain arena. And while he was alive, though retired, he had left a legacy in the NBA. And in his second career as an author, as a storyteller, he was beginning to write the legacy in that arena, adding on to 
adding on another chapter in his legacy. And he was doing that successfully. And when, no, let me not say that. And this is something we need to take into consideration, men. I don't know if you know this, but the one thing that is certain is death. You're not going to live forever. And a lot of times you don't know when your number is going to be called. Some people get their grace to live long, old ages, and you just can see that your health is waning and that your time is coming to an end. Other people, like Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the seven other people on that helicopter, didn't believe that that day was going to be the day that their numbers were called. So with that being said, we have to be concerned about the legacy that we're leaving. We have to be thinking about the mark we are making on the earth. We have to take into consideration how we're treating our wives, how we're treating our children, how we're treating those around us. Are we giving our all? Are we making excuses? Are we saying that I didn't have a daddy? I was beat beat as a child. I I was molested. I didn't have this. Look at the cards I was dealt. I was a victim of this. I was a victim of that. And while I don't want to downplay any of those things if they've happened to anybody, but it comes to a point where we have to allow healing to take place and we have to say, okay, though all of these things has happened to me, I am not going to let that stunt my growth. I'm not going to take on and put on my victim cloak and say, okay, it's cool for me not to make it. It's cool for me to remain and walk as a victim because no, you are a man. And as a man, you do not get to play the victim because God placed you here to be a leader. God placed you in here to be a pillar to someone's family, a pillar in someone's job, a pillar in the community, a father to the fatherless. And if you stay in that space of being a victim, then you can't help anyone. You can't pull anybody else out of their victimhood. Your life is not going to be the light to show people that they can overcome the things that seemingly happened to them, not seemingly, that did happen to them, but would put most people in a space of being lost and giving up. They see you and say, man, they went through some of the same things that I went through, or they may have gone through something worse. And if they can come through it, so can I. So you're creating your legacy now. And even if you've been in a space where you have been broken, where you have been torn down, if you are not dead, it is not too late. I was speaking to a coworker, and they religiously say it's too late for them to change certain aspects of their life. And if you have a defeated mindset, then yes, it may be too late in that moment as long as you are holding on to that mindset. But if you're not dead, if you still have life in you, it is never too late for you to make the choice to stop thinking one way and begin to think another way. One of the biggest things we need to do as men is begin to unlearn some things. There are some things that we might have not have necessarily intended on learning intended on picking up, but between birth and now, wherever you are in your life, there are some things that you've picked up along the way that may or may not be good things to hold on to. We may have formed habits. We may have formed mindsets. 
we may have formed opinions based on things that we've learned, you know, volitionally or inadvertently over the course of our lives. So it comes a point where you have to, again, pray. Uh, you notice the key thing and everything. Take it to God. Pray and say, okay, God, show me those things in myself that are wrong. Show me the negative thought patterns. Show me the negative actions. Show me my laziness. Like I've said before in other podcasts, you have to go to God and ask him to show you your gaps. And when he shows you your gaps, some of those things go into the line of incompletions, things that you should have done, but you've done, you haven't for whatever reason. And some of those gaps come in the form of negative mindsets, negative thought processes, negative habits. And once you begin to be open to the fact that, you know, you're not as great as you thought you were, and you begin to see these things, at that point, you could begin to release them. One of the best forms of therapy is release therapy. Let go of the things that are holding you back. And this portion may not necessarily have anything to do with Kobe, but these are just things that just dropped in my spirit at the moment. We have to stop making excuses. Men, okay, you might not have been the best father for the first 18 years of your child's life. You might have been absent for the first 30 years of your child's life. However, if you're still alive and your child, who might not necessarily be a child anymore, is still alive, it's not too late for you to go and reconcile that relationship. They may not accept you. They may not receive you. But if you go back to them from a pure place and say, I messed up and keep attempting to rekindle that relationship or kindle it, then I guarantee you something will begin to happen. But if you give up, if you say you didn't do this then, so you're not going to do it now, or you don't think it's going to work, or you don't think you're good enough, or they're better, they're better without you, then you are failing. And remember, failure only comes when you give up. If you're sitting here and saying you've wasted half your life, you're too old to go back to school, you're too old to start a business, you don't have all the skills you think you need to accomplish whatever it is you think you should be accomplishing, then what you're telling me is that God is not God. He is not good enough. He is not powerful enough to revive you. He is not powerful enough to give you the resources. He is not a, He doesn't have the ability to redeem the time that you've wasted. And granted, there may be some seasons that you can't go back to, but there may be something that he has for you now, but he's waiting on you to stop playing the victim. You need to take off your victim cloak and burn it. And this isn't something that I'm saying just from happenstance. This is something that I'm speaking of from experience. For a great majority of my life, I wore my victim cloak until it got to the point where you're just, I was just tired. Like the saying says, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you take the victim cloak off and you begin to take action. When you begin to say, man, I've been tripping, but I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to let my yesterday dictate my today. And that's not to say things you did yesterday won't affect your today, what it's saying is, I'm not going to allow circumstances that were here yesterday prevent me from doing something today. 
I'm not going to allow the circumstances that are that I'm in that I have to deal with today affect my today because I know my purpose is bigger than my circumstances. That's something you need to write down. Say to yourself daily, my purpose is greater than my circumstance. My purpose is greater than my circumstance. What type of man do I want to be known for? Do I want to be forgotten? Do I want to die and have two people show up to my funeral while they lying to each other over my eulogy saying things that just sound good? Or do I want to be impactful to where when I die, the whole world is going to show up? And even those people who don't know me, who have never met me, will mourn because they could, they know the greatness that was in me that is now no longer. But the legacy I left behind is still impacting them and driving them to do better. And me personally, my legacy outside of success and manhood and building up men, I want my legacy to lead people back to Christ. I want my kids to say, I want my wife to say, I want everyone who knows me to say that my life led them back to Christ, led them to Christ, that they saw Christ in me, that my character and everything was that of a God-fearing man. Not just, oh yeah, he was all right. You know, he was cool. He came to work, did what he was supposed to do. He went home. Yeah, he had a wife. He had some kids. You know, I assume, you know, he did cool because... You know, I, I didn't see them. They didn't look like they was having problems. No, I, I don't want that. I want you. You should want your legacy to be bold. So now I want every man to look at themselves and say, God, help me to create a bold legacy. Legacies that are being spoken of forever. The Martin Luther Kings, the Steve Jobs, just to name a few. They have left legacies that clearly are superseding them. They're outliving them. They will never die because the impact that they had on the earth, on the world, on their communities were so great because they refused to give up. They refused to allow the status quo to dictate what they knew their purpose was. They saw further in the future than where they were. They knew that something was in them was greater than what was already going on. They knew it was something in them that they needed to get out and they would work tires tirelessly until whatever was in them came out of them until whatever their thought process was when until that dream, that vision came into fruition into something tangible. So begin to think about that. Don't just sit idly in front of the TV, watching sports, watching Netflix, watching whatever streaming thing you're watching. Begin to take this time to think, to meditate. Ask God to show you your purpose. Open your eyes so you can see where it is your manhood is going to take you because he made you a man for a reason. He wanted you to be a pillar somewhere. He wanted you to be a leader somewhere. So don't lead people astray because like spoken earlier, you either have a good impact, a bad impact, or no impact. 
and only one of those type of impacts are impacts worth having. And again, whether or not you admit it, you are a role model. And while you're not responsible for the actions of others, you are responsible for the seed that you plant in their life by your action. So stop saying what, hey, you know, they they their own person. They have to make their own decisions. True, they do. But if they use the references that you have supplied for them by way of looking at your life, then you are just as much to blame for where they are as they are. So my call to action to you men is to do a self-assessment. Take a look at your life. Realize that, yes, bad things have happened to you. You may not have had the best this or that. It may appear that some of the cards of life were stacked against you. But, here comes that but. But, I'm not dead. God has still placed a purpose in me, whether I've realized it or not, whether I know what it is or not, and I am going to seek him for him to reveal it to me. I'm going to heal I'm going to forgive and I'm going to press forward and I'm going to fulfill whatever it is that I was put on this earth to do. Heal, forgive, press forward. And it might not be easy. It may take a lot of work, but at the end of it, once you have fulfilled that, the feeling that you will have for knowing that your purpose was fulfilled, that you made a difference and you made a difference that's going to live far longer than you are. Oh, I'm happy. I'm excited for you. I am excited for you. So take it on. You have the power. I have faith in you. And believe it or not, it's other people who have faith in you, whether they say it or not, because it's a lot of broken people in the world. And sometimes those broken people don't know how to appreciate you. They don't know how to pull out those things in you. They don't know how to pour into you because they're trying to deal with their own problems. And when you realize where your manhood comes from, which is God, you realize that he's giving you the strength to take your burdens, give them to him. And while you may still be going through some things, you realize your purpose is bigger than your situation. So you're not concerned with yourself because you're concerned about creating this legacy. You're concerned about fulfilling your purpose. And then eventually you realize, man, I don't really have any problems because you've been so focused and working in your purpose that you don't realize that while you were working on behalf of God, that God was working on behalf of you. And when you all both meet at the end and you sit there to take a breath and say, whoo, Man, look at what God did. He's going to show you, hell yeah, by the way, look at what I did. And you're going to be like, man, my problems aren't as big as I thought they were. And again, that's adding to your legacy because you are an overcomer. You overcame. So with that being said, to use this phrase, you got to have that mamba mentality Filtered by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because the drive alone, without God helping you, is really futile. Again, you may have success because you're following principles. 
But at the end of the day, aside from earthly success, you don't want to go to hell. And you not just don't want to go to hell. You want to show a loving God, your heavenly father, that, hey, I'm not taking advantage and I'm not wasting what you've put into me. You know, I care enough and I love you enough to appreciate the sacrifice of the cross, the sacrifice of pouring into me, looking back at where I should have died, should have been in jail, should have been strung out or whatever. You know what your life was. I should have been ended a long time ago, but for whatever reason, I'm still here. And anybody who have a story like that, how you know how wild and crazy your life was, and you know you shouldn't be here today, that should be enough for you to say, okay, God, whatever it is you need me to do, I accept you and I surrender because I know something supernatural had to take place to keep me from not being dead today. And with that, I'll leave you. But if you need some insight, if you need some coaching, if you need a place where you can go and get that direction, hit me up. You can hit me up on Mark. Four, that's the number four, M-A-R-K-E-D, the number four, mastery, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, look for me at Marked for Mastery. The website is c- coming soon. Remember, if, no, if you don't know who have faith in you, who do, if you don't know who believes in you, know that I do. I do. If you're a woman, and you have some boys and you like, man, I, I'm a single mom and I don't know how to raise boys. I don't know how to pour into them. You hit me up also. And because I want to see all men walk in the purpose that God has placed in their life. Help them get back on the right track or start off on the right track. Hit me up again until next time. It's your boy Gabe, Weapons of War. Peace.